Yeah, everybody say, Holy Spirit, come. Yeah, Lord. You know, we live in this tension where we know he's here. He is here. He's in our midst. Wherever we dwell and call upon the name of the Lord, he says, where two or three are gathered, I am in your midst. So we live in this tension where he's in our midst at the same time. Those of us who have experienced more know there's more. And, uh, and the Lord, in fact, there's more and more and more and more. The train keeps filling the temple. And so our world needs God right now. And uh, that means we get to step up to the hour. I honestly believe those in the room, those who are watching, we are on this planet at the appropriate time. You and I are here on purpose. It's not an accident. I believe the last race is to be run, and you're to run it, and I'm to run it. We're to steward the move of God in this hour. And I believe there's a move of God that's coming that's going to be mightier than anything we've ever seen before. This global pandemic has set us up for a global move. All across the planet, we have the voice of the church calling upon the name of the Lord. It's going to take more than us just calling upon the name of the Lord. It's going to take us stepping in with all our hearts and all our bodies and all our, with a big, fat yes. And that's what I believe this morning mainly we're going to talk about. I want to just share just some thoughts that have been going around in my mind about this season, this time, paying attention to the language of the Spirit. And many of these things you've heard, the prophets have spoken about this time. And um, one of the things that the Lord has been doing in the midst of the enemy, doing his thing, God is shifting. He always works on the opposite spirit. When the enemy looks to do I believe COVID uh, virus is not from God. I do believe the Lord uses it for his glory and his purposes. And one of the things he's doing is he's saying, your houses are the church. Your homes are the church. Do we not need to gather on Sundays? I believe that's part of his plan too. But he's really emphasizing right now the house is the house of you, that you live in. If Christianity is not working in your home, then something needs to be shifted because if it can't work in your home, don't think it's going to work on Sunday mornings. It's a 24-7. The church is a 24-7 relationship with Almighty God. And so the, house, the houses of Christians all across this planet and many places, even more so here in Alaska, they're still sequestered down. And he's still teaching this lesson. Listen, I'm in your house just as much as I'm in the church on Sunday morning. And so this is something the Lord is speaking very strongly, that we are to have houses of acts. It's kind of the theme that's been on my heart anyway. And it's interesting how the Lord has lined up the calendar so clearly. We are in the year, what, 2020. And, and one of the things we know about 2020 is it says something to the church, perfect vision, to see what God is doing, to have clarity to what God is doing. I believe that the church can see what God is doing if we, if we look and pay attention and ask. And then the Hebrew calendar, 5780, they've lined up perfectly. And actually the decade of the Hebrew, uh, last Hebrew numbers was the, the sight, the I, the I sees, the Hebrew 5760s, 5860. Now we're in the year 5780. I mean, I'm sorry, 5770s. Now we're in the year 5780. And the Hebrew language is very interesting. I'm not a scholar by any means. I don't have no clue about Hebrew language. I just read scholars that do. 
And uh, 5780, the language is actually like in English, we have numbers and we have letters. But in the Hebrew language, they come together. And it's very beautiful because a number or a character can be both a letter and a number at the same time. And there's layers of revelation in the Hebrew language. 5780, 80 actually is the letter pay. And if you look at the Hebrew letter pay, P-E-Y is what the letter is, it, it looks like a mouth. It signifies a mouth. And so what the Lord is saying through the Hebrew calendar is we have stepped in to a decade of the mouth. Now, how many of you know you can either speak life or death with your mouth? And the Lord is given authority to the church in this hour, a greater revelation of what God is saying, that we may speak his world into this world, his life into this world. This is the year that we're turning the page into the year of the mouth. When I speak to you, apparently particles come out and land six feet from me. My, my breath comes out of my mouth and I don't know, if I'm singing it's 10 feet. So, so the experts say. That's why you're all far away from me. Not because I have bad breath. So my, my breath, in the Hebrew, that word is ruach. It also can mean wind. And it also can mean spirit. So, so the Lord says, are you guys going to leave me to the disciples? And, disciples? and Peter says, where else? Who else speaks the words of life? Where else are we going to go to hear the ruach, the breath, the wind of God coming out of your voice. So we're in this season, and I'm not making, I'm not making any confessions. Maybe you can hear me. So what is the enemy trying to do? I'm not trying to get into a discussion about if you shouldn't, should or shouldn't wear masks. I'm not going down that road. But I am saying that this 5780, the Lord is saying it's time to speak the word of God. And the enemy says, oh, I want to try to shut that mouth down, that word down. The ruach, the wind. One of the songs we used to sing, you guys used to sing, we used to sing in the church, Lazy Mountain. Um, song, out of Psalm 51, David's psalm, great song of repentance. Create in me a clean heart, you remembered, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Uh, cast me not away from your presence, O oh Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and renew a right spirit with me. And then he says, and then... I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. What's the Holy Spirit in this for? Right relationship with God, and sinners converted to him. The fruit of being right with God is sinners. The fruit of being empowered by the Holy Spirit is sinners are converted to Christ. And so the Holy Spirit, the Kadosh, Ruach, 
or I guess in the Hebrew it's the other way around, the ruach, the breath that is holy, kadosh, is the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, who wants to release not particles of moisture, but the word of the Lord in this hour. And I believe that's what is happening. In Acts chapter 1, if you want to turn there real quickly, I want to just read that the Lord Jesus had commissioned the disciples in Matthew and before to go and make disciples of all nations. We know the commissioning word of the Lord, to go and make disciples of all nations. But when it came to his last instructions, it wasn't to go. It was to wait. It was to wait. It was to wait for the power. The emphasis is on power, not the Holy Spirit. We have to know the church was not born at Pentecost. People say the church was born at Pentecost. No, the church was born in John chapter 20 in the upper room. When Jesus comes through the, the wall and he breathes on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit, and then he commissioned them into the ministry of reconciliation. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them, and he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And then he says, whatever sins you pardon, they shall be pardoned. Whatever sins you retain, they shall be retained. He commissioned the church in John chapter 20. The birth of the church is not at Pentecost. You have to understand that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit came in the upper room in John chapter 20. But they needed the power. They needed the power. They had the mission. They had the yes. But they needed the power that you would be my Witness, look at John. I'm just quickly going to read this. Acts chapter uh, 1, verses 4 through 8. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come, they were asking this question Lord, is it this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? I think this is what the church has to embrace. We're in this place of uncertainty. We don't know what next year looks like. We don't know what three months from now looks like. We don't really know, honestly, and never do, really, what tomorrow looks like. And the disciples are saying, what's the plan here? I want to know the plan. And he says, that's for the Father. Let's leave that to him. Let's trust him, church. It's time to trust him. It's turn to leave the future to the Father. Our trust is in him. He's got this. Amen? He said, don't worry about that. Don't get concerned about that. Lay that. Leave that in the Father's hands. He says, it's not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the remotest parts of the earth. Here's the deal. What the Lord is doing in this hour is giving the church another invitation to step into the power of the Holy Spirit, but there has to be a yes. My purpose is to witness of Christ. That's why I'm alive. That's why I'm on the earth. I've been captured by the love of God. I've been arrested by his compassion. I've been bought with a price. Now I live for him. 120 of 500 people that he showed himself said yes. That means 380 said no. God does not need a majority. He needs a remnant of sold out people. 120 said yes, we'll be your witnesses. We will give our life 
to be a witness of Jesus Christ. And they waited. They didn't know how long they waited. They didn't know for sure what they were waiting for. I believe, I believe that the Lord is not so much, even though it's included, about supernatural signs and wonders. I believe what the Lord is going to release upon the church and is releasing on the church is supernatural boldness. To testify of Jesus Christ. These 120 people, you know, they were, weren't real courageous at the moment. But when the power of the Holy Spirit came on them, they lost all fear of men. They lost all fear of death. They spilled out into the very streets that the one who they shouted in the streets, crucify him, those people lived there. And he's, they spill out into the streets, undone by the power of God, I believe captured by the love of the Father, unbashfully speaking the word of God in languages they did not know. And, and, they, just, and they were beside themselves. They were uncontainable. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on the church, we lose the fear of man, the fear of rejection, the fear of persecution, and we lose the fear of death. This, this is what we're stepping into. This is the season for the church to lose the fear of man and lose the fear of death. I, I believe with all my heart that the burden for the souls of men and the zeal for God's glory is going to build so strong in the church that we're going to spill out into the streets testifying of Jesus. Anybody saying amen to that in the room? I, the, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. I believe this boldness is not going to come because we're arrogant or proud, but because we're captured by the, by the value of a soul that doesn't know Jesus. And we're captured by one ambition to be pleasing to the one we serve and live for, that Jesus would receive the reward of his suffering and he would be glorified. And some of us are going to be preaching and declaring the goodness of God and we're going to go, well, that's not my personality. And Jesus can say, well, now it is. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon people and they're going to be speaking the word of the Lord totally out of character. That's going to be you that's watching online. That's going to be you that's in this room if you say yes. If you say yes. <clears throat> I, I shared a, a video. I think hopefully you guys got to see it. I'd like to show it again, but I'm not going to take the time of a little girl. I think she's probably four or five. And, and she's speaking the gospel. And I just what she said is, I, can't, I wish I could. I can't. Well, if I did it like her, I'd probably look weird. But she goes... God, God is Jesus, and Jesus is God. Jesus came to earth to die for your sins, and he rose again so you can have eternal life and live with him forever. It's a great thing to talk about because God is the one who can set you free from your sin, and sin is the bad stuff. four-year-old preaching the gospel with no fear, with conviction and love. I, uh, 
look at Peter, and, and Peter is one. I just really admire how God changed him from this kind of guy to this kind of guy. And Acts chapter 2, look at verse 14 and 16. After the disciples and the 120 are spilling out in the streets, they're beside themselves, empowered by the, everybody say tongues. Everybody say tongues. It's, there's a reason it was tongues. It's the decade of the mouth. Tongues of fire came on their heads, and they're releasing the praises to God out in the streets that once were so dangerous they were afraid to walk in. Now they have no fear. And Peter takes his stand among the eleven, raised his voice, declared to them, Men of Judah and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel. And so he quotes Joel. Take a look, verse 17 and 18. And it shall be in the last days. If it was in the last days 2,000 years ago, do you think we're in the last days now? God says, I will pour forth my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit. And that shall be in the last days, God says. What is he saying? Four quick things. I want, I want you to see that that which he talks about in Acts chapter 2 is a kind or a type of what he's going to do now in Joel chapter 2. I, I don't believe that what we saw in Acts chapter 2 is necessarily fully what we're going to see. I believe it's going to go beyond. Because Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. The Lord is setting no limit on the power of the Holy Spirit. Christopher is going to be walking the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Leah, Leah um, Selah is going to be walking the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to become an adult to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no limits. He's going to say, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Our children are going to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit, declaring the word of the Lord, declaring the gospel of Jesus with boldness and love. Last night, I, or actually this morning, Jake Amberson, who's um, on a mission trip to Homer with Pat Donaldson and a group, and he, they had an outpouring of the Spirit last night during a service, and he posted something on Facebook. Some of you may have saw it, but his eight-year-old eight-year-old boy came up to him, weeping and repenting to his dad without anything from dad. The Holy Spirit came upon the son. The son comes to his dad and said, "I'm sorry, dad." He's weeping and saying he hadn't treated his dad well. The spirit of repentance came upon his son, and then Jake said, "My," and then and then his son felt like. A word of knowledge for somebody and went over and prayed for somebody and somebody was healed. And then his daughter, who I think is about 11, his daughter had, was just weeping in the Holy Spirit and the power of God was upon her. And all of a sudden she saw uh, one of their friends who was in the room who had been complaining of an injury in her back. And she, just, and she went over and prayed for her and she was healed. And I, I want to I say this, this houses of Acts, what God is going to do is more like Joel chapter 2. No limits, sons and daughters, no age barriers, children, youth, adults, young and old, old men dreaming dreams, young men having visions, young and old are going to receive supernatural revelation, downloads like Peter did, downloads like Paul did. It's not going to be for the apostles only. It's going to be for the whole church. This is what God's coming upon the church to do. 
is for the whole church for the end time harvest. I'm convinced of it. The only qualifier, the last one is even on my male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit. Some of your Bible says on my bond servants, I will pour out my spirit. The only qualifier is people who are all in. Boys and girls, moms and dads, old men, young men, there will be no more complaint about women preachers. I'm telling you. And the women are going to be just probably more anointed in this season because they're, they're preparing the bride. Who prepares the bride for a wedding? Not the men. Are you hearing me? I, I, don't, I think this argument, all the arguments about who's anointed is going to be shut up by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the divisive work of the enemy is going to shut up because the church is going to be united in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the, so the question is, am I a bondservant? Very quickly, a bondservant is a slave who's been set free by his master and chooses, because of his love for the master, to say, I'm going to serve you even in my freedom. I'm choosing to serve you with my whole life. That's a bondservant. That's your invitation. We talked about that yesterday, Romans chapter 12, 1, didn't we? I urge you by the mercies of God, right, that you would present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice, which is acceptable, God, your reasonable, spiritual service of worship. Here's, here's what that looks like. It's like, God, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a mansion for you, a dwelling place with God. I'm going to set up your eternal destination with a mansion. And you go, by the mercies of God, he's building me a mansion. So I'm going to take this temporary tent that I live in. That's what the Apostle Paul calls your body, a temporary tent. I'm going to take this temporary tent, and I say, it's not, it's not much, God, but would you fill this tent with your glory? Would you, in exchange for that mansion, I'm giving, it's not much. It's all I got. And the Lord said, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. As a bondservant. I'm willing to give up the temporary for the eternal. I'm willing to give up e temporal advancement for e eternal impact. I'm, I'm changing my focus. This is what God's doing in the church. He's given you an invitation to reset your focus. He's given you your opportunity to reset your bank account, reset your goals, reset your agenda. Let it be God's agenda. Run this race well. That's what the Lord is saying. This is the opportunity we have. And he's actually, he's actually in his mercy made it easy for us by taking the things of this world that we love and setting them aside in the midst of this COVID. Brendan and I were talking last night. You guys, if you know me very well, I like sports. And uh, I like ESPN. And I like baseball. And I like basketball. And I even like football. And, uh, and I can get caught up in those things. And the Lord set all those things aside. And Brenda and I were talking last night. And I think we've watched two movies in the last six or seven weeks. They're both Netflix. Netflix. I don't even think I'm saying that. M movies. We watched The Chosen several times. And we haven't watched the ESPN 
He's making it easy for us. The question is, are you going to pick those things back up when they're offered? The invitation to the church is, what do you need to lay down to pick up your cross? This is the season the church is in. What do you need to lay down to pick up the cross? The invitation of the Lord has always been, if you're going to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And then he gives us this promise, and it's an amazing promise. He says this, he says, if you seek to find your satisfaction in this life, you'll lose it. But if you will lose your, your goals for satisfaction in this life, for my sake, you'll find satisfaction in me. The upside down of the kingdom. This is, this is what the Lord is inviting the church into. Where we're saying, I'm all in. Anybody all in in here? I'm going to take real quick two or three minutes. We're in Romans chapter 12, partly because it finishes with, do not be overcome with evil, but what? Overcome evil with good. See, we're the overcoming people. We're living in evil days. And he says, don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. How many of you know you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that? And actually, all the commands after Romans chapter 12, 1, imperative commands will require the empowering work of the Holy Spirit to obey. In fact, the whole Christian life really requires the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason much, many Christians don't have a smile on their face, because we've been trying to do it in our own strength. And so in Romans chapter, verse 2, I'm just going to touch on this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The renewing of our mind produces a transformed life, and transformed lives produces a transformed family unit, and a transformed family unit transforms the cities. This is the purposes of God. Renewing our minds produces a transformed life. Renewing our minds is just a process and a journey of repentance, changing the way I think. He, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There, my world is available to you. My superior world is available to you to shift things on the earth. But you need to change the way you think. You need to change your value system. And so we've known this and we've talked a lot about this. Um, in our church, but, but why are we supposed to renew our minds to have, live transformed lives? So that we can prove what the will of God is. So that we can prove the will of God. It's not so that we can talk about it. It's so that our lives demonstrate the will of God. We know the will of God. And how, how do we define the will of God? Your kingdom come. It's in that prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, how be thy name, thy your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth. The will of God is his world invading this world. And our job is to line up with his world, which is superior, to think the way he thinks. You know, we can, we can pray and ask God to invade things on this, in, on this earth and and he will sometimes, but I think mostly he's changing the way we pray. He's saying, quit praying, start declaring. Dale, you hit it on that last week. Quit, quit, 
quit asking me to do something I've asked you to do. That's what he told the disciples, right, in the boat. He said, why, why are you afraid? After he stilled the, the, the storm, why are you men of little faith? Because they were invited by God after the feeding of the 5,000 to command a thing and see it established. Instead of walking in fear, say no more fear. This isn't a time for the church to run and hide. This is a time for the church to rise and shine. With the revelation of the King of Kings and his dominion and declare a matter and let it be done. We had a, um, a, a prayer meeting in our, and I, I need to get the details. I won't tell that story until I have all the details. I want the details of a baby that was reformed in her mother's womb. But I want the details before I share it. Um, because of our prayers. It wasn't so much our prayers. We took, we took a hold of the will of God. There's no deformed children in heaven and said, that's not the will of God, and we declared over a womb, that has to stop, and we declared perfect formation, and, and what we understand is it happened, but I'll give more details later. Another example is we're in an elders meeting, and we get a text uh, from Rebecca Owen. We're in this elder meeting, we're um, on Zoom. I get this text from Rebecca, and please pray for John. John had COVID, he's 40 years old, a pilot. In our church, he had COVID, and that particular night, he got to a point where he couldn't, he couldn't speak a word. And all he could do was this and this. And he said the weight on his chest was nothing like he could, he's ever, ever experienced. It was like an elephant was sitting on his chest, and he couldn't get a breath. And he, he turned over, he wrote on a plaid, please, please call Pastor Dennis and tell him I need prayer right now. And he, um, so we got, we're in the Zoom, you know, and our elders... And Bill and Christine and Chris and Kathy Marshall, Kathy Marshall, just like, that's not God's will. There is no COVID in, in heaven. On earth is a heaven. We bind that spirit of affliction and infirmity right now in Jesus' name, and we loose healing over his chest. Rebecca said within 30 minutes, the Holy Spirit came into her room. She said, I couldn't talk. I w my lips were quivering. The power of God was so strong in the room. And, and, um, uh, um, what's his name? John. John said, Pastor Dennis, literally, it's like, this sounded like, pop! And the hold of COVID loosed that night. Why? Because there were some elders that weren't, oh God, please help, please help, please help. That's not how we prayed. We knew the will of God, on earth as is in heaven, and we declared a thing. We didn't say, oh God, oh, please help us. I'm not saying those who do that is, are evil. I'm just saying the Lord's taking us to a new place. There is upgrade in the Holy Spirit where we know the will of God. We declare matter. It's the decade of the mouth. We're surrendered to the purposes of God. We're unleashing the kingdom on earth. We're overcoming the inferior realm with the superior realm because we're his agents of mercy in this hour. Let's stand. If you're in living rooms, let's stand. <clears throat> There's a prayer that was prayed in Acts chapter four that we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna if, if it's not up on the screen for those who are uh, watching we don't get to see what you get to see. you got to see the PowerPoint we didn't get to see all of it but there's a prayer that the, the John and Peter prayed and you guys remember the account John and Peter are walking towards the temple they didn't quit worshiping on Sundays or Saturdays the Sabbath 
they still went to the large gatherings. And, and they're going to pray. And as they're going, they come to that lame man that has been lame since birth for 40 years. Remember? And Peter and John see him. He's begging alms. And said, he said, this is really an interesting phrase, you guys. He turned to him and he said, set your gaze on us. And so he turned. It says the, the scripture, he turned thinking he was going to get alms. Why did he say, set your gaze on us? I know why. I believe I know why. Because when he set his gaze on us, he saw something in their eyes. He saw conviction. He saw authority. And he saw the love of the Father. And their faith begat his faith. Faith begets faith. And all of a sudden, he has the faith to obey what Peter says. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You guys, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you that people will look at your eyes and they'll see the conviction of heaven, the conviction of the will of God, the love of the Father, and you will know that what's happening right here is not the will of God. People, the church is going to rise up in these cities right now. I believe this has already happened in the past. One pastor, I can't remember what city it was the last time we had these riots. He said the Lord spoke to him. He gathered some pastors. They prayed, and then they took a worship team, and they entered right in between the police and the, and the people who were rioting, and they began worshiping the Lord. And the violent spirit was overcome by the Spirit of Christ, and peace came into that city. The church is going to rise up in this hour. You're going to rise up in the hour. You're going to rise up in this hour. And the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you over and over and over again. And the eye, your eyes are going to shine with heaven. Things are going to shift on the earth because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So Peter and John, you guys know they got in trouble. Hey, you guys. We very well may be entering a season where we could be getting in trouble for obeying Jesus. We're going to have to have wisdom. I mean, that, that's a journey of when we say, when, when the government officials may be saying something that is against the will of God. We have to have wisdom, but we have to have courage when that starts happening. And I think it is happening in some places in America right now. The church is going to have to say, who am I going to obey? The authority or God? And, and here's the deal, you guys. It's time for the church to demonstrate to the world that we're not afraid of death. It's time. We're not afraid to die. We've got to imagine it. it was worst I don't remember what one guy said. Well, the best thing that could happen to me is I die. To leave this tent? To go there? Come on. So they prayed this prayer, Acts 4.29. Now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. Say all confidence. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn to it. And let's pray it together. Let's read it real quickly while it's up there. <laughs> All right, let's ask. Now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place. Through the name of your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Holy Spirit, 
If you're in your living rooms or here, guys, just put your hands out. Let's just position ourselves to receive the power of God. With no preconceived ideas of what that's going to look like, Lord, we, we stand before your throne and we say, yes, we are your witnesses in this hour on the earth to testify of the person of Jesus Christ. We present our bodies to you. We present this tent, this temporal dwelling that our soul and our spirit is in and out. And we say, Lord, fill this tent, empower this tent, come upon this tent with your Holy Spirit and power. Thank you, Father, that you've called us to live and represent you in this hour. It's like Marla said, it's such a privilege, such a privilege to run this race, which I think is the last lap. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're just going to stay in this time and, and linger a little bit, worship a little bit, uh, pray for one another. You can stay on. We probably won't, we won't, probably won't stay on much long online. Uh, come back tonight. A lot of the people here are going to come back. Just be well, willing to pray for people, to be empowered. Uh, but we're just going to lean in right now to the presence and power of God here. So. in this place during this COVID shutdown and paying attention to Washington, D.C. and frustrated with some of the things I saw. And one of the people that I was not happy with was Nancy Pelosi. And, and I was in that place of complaining. And the Lord, like, said, what's, what, what's wrong with you? Will you pray for Nancy Pelosi? And my spirit, my, my flesh says no. But then he convicted my heart. Pray for Nancy. Pray for the lost. Pray for people who don't know Jesus. Lord, I just come to agreement right now for the, your burden to come upon us for the lost. That our, our agreement with heaven that you wish that none perish would become much stronger than our fear of man or our fear of death. Lord, release the burden of the Lord. And I don't mean that like the heaviness of God, but I mean the heart of God. Release the heart of God for the lost, God, in this hour. That we can pick them up out of the miry clay with the prophetic word of the Lord, the declaration of the good news, God. Father, help us to release the culture of heaven on earth where every race is honored and celebrated, God. Help us to step into the gap with your burden for those who don't know you, your heart for those who don't know you, God. We invite you to capture us again with that heart that Jesus, you walked to the cross towards. Give us an anointing for the ministry of reconciliation in this hour, God, so that knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, knowing the fear of the Lord, that everybody will stand before the Lord 
on one day, knowing what's before them, heaven or hell, that we would persuade men as ambassadors of Christ, that we would beg people on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Lord, give us that anointing, Lord. Give us that anointing, God. Give us that burden. Give us that fire in our bellies, God. Thank you, Lord. I I agree for this, God. Is there any yeses in the room? Yes, Lord. Why don't you just in your own words, just been declaring out, Lord, release that in my life. Release that in my heart. Give me the words of heaven in this hour. Give me the eyes of heaven. Give me your voice. Help me to hear your thoughts, not my thoughts. Yeah, God. Well, I bless you uh, that are online. Bless you in Jesus' name. Hope some of you or many of you can come tonight. We will have, I hope, Gabe, we will have little heaters in there. We'll help in the room. Um, But we're mostly going to worship tonight. I'll give like a four-minute review of this word. uh, But then we're going to worship and pray. And so welcome tonight. God bless you.